Welcome back. We are here with the episode two of the Hearing You podcast. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Jeff Mabe, uh, here with Tiffany Allen again. And we are, the intent, we didn't talk, I don't think, last time about the mission of this podcast. Uh, really, the general idea is that we want to share as much information as we can possibly share uh, for free for the general public um, in, in what Tiffany knows as a lifestyle medicine practitioner, nurse practitioner, uh, in what she experiences in seeing her patients. And so episode one intro, if you've not watched that one, go back, uh, watch, listen, uh, you'll get an idea who Tiffany is, how she got into this, kind of the background, her expertise, her knowledge, uh, and how tried lifestyle medicine became a thing. And today we're going to talk about the number one thing that Tiffany hears from her patients when they come in and some of the things that we can look at, talk about uh, uh, steps that folks can take in uh, dealing with that. So uh, welcome back to episode two. Here we go. It's exciting, right? Absolutely. Hopefully we're a little more refined, a little more buttoned up this time, and maybe even a little more relaxed. I think last time, a little bit... A uh, little bit of nerves in getting this going. So, uh, as I said, if we are not embarrassed uh, by our performances <laughs> uh, 15, 20 episodes from now, uh, then we are doing something wrong. That's right. So, that's right. I have a feeling we'll look back and think, what in the world? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> absolutely. Less, less think words, uh, less time stuttering, and more time giving you the information that hopefully you come for and that you uh, return for because really uh, our goal at the end of the day is optimal wellness. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, so helping uh, you, the listener, um, folks that that come across our paths, our patients, helping them live better better lives and not just lives that are absence of symptoms, but that are maximizing in every area. So Tiffany, take it away. Number one thing you hear from patients uh, that come in. I would say the number one thing that I hear. Um, out of all of the visits that I see um, you know, every year would be, I don't feel good. I do not feel well. Something's off. Something's not right. And, but I can't pinpoint it. And these may be people that have been to their primary care. And we talked a lot about that last week, so we can talk through that. But, and all the labs are coming back okay, and their labs are normal, but yet they don't feel well. I believe, if if memory serves me, I believe uh, somebody in this room had the same experience uh, maybe three years ago or so. So I'm very familiar with that. As a patient, from a patient standpoint, uh, not feeling your best and really not understanding why. Right. When you feel like maybe it's someone that all the pieces are um, feeling like they're together. Okay, so someone like you, you work out, you eat well. Stress we won't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely on the list. Right, we'll talk yeah, about that. Yeah, definitely on the list. But, yep. but truly, like you're doing these things that you feel like are right, but yet you're still not feeling good, right? What What are some of those things? What are What are the things that you hear uh, that people say? Uh, so yes, we're off a little bit, but how does that manifest in different symptoms, feelings, that sort of thing? I would say there's a lot of different things that may be going on, but biggest things, um, lack of energy, okay. brain fog, maybe not being able to concentrate as well as they used to, maybe even forgetting things. And they're not, you know, 30s, 40s, they're not at a place that they should be, right? And so being more forgetful, um, general GI issues, so um, 
that brings a lot of people in as well. So bloating, constipation, diarrhea, and not understanding why is this happening? Because mm -hmm. again, they're doing all of these things right. The other thing, another big thing is joint pain. Okay. So just feeling general aches and pains. So that's another one. So those are probably the most common symptoms that I would say bring people in. Um, weight gain, of course, is another one and not understanding why they're doing everything like they've always done it, which may be good or bad. Sometimes we don't realize that eventually it catches up with us if we're doing something um, that we've done for our entire life. And then all of a sudden we hit middle age and it starts to catch up with us a little bit. But um, but it's analyzing all of those reasons of why. Okay. So we hear those uh, people are communicating those issues. What are some things? We can kind of go one by one uh, mm -hmm. if you want to um, in addressing those or, or just ideas of things that people can think about, actions, steps that they can take. Uh, what's, what's the best place to start there? So here at Tri Lifestyle Medicine, one of the first things that we're going to do is listen to the patient, make sure we understand exactly how do all these symptoms fit together. Right. Because maybe the patient thinks that, OK, well, I have this and I have that. but They don't really go together. But in reality, maybe they do, because if you're having gut health issues, you may have vitamin and nutrient deficiencies going on, too, because you have malabsorption issues. Right. So a lot of times those will go hand in hand. Um, but I think looking at the symptoms that are going on, getting some labs to figure out what that looks like. But you've got to make sure your labs are optimal. There's a big difference between normal and optimal. You want to talk about that a, li a little bit? So let's take, uh, for instance, let's take vitamin B12, because I think that's a pretty common one. Um, if you, your uh, provider will probably tell you as long as you're greater than, you know, if you're around 200, you're okay, right? But the scale for vitamin B12 for a lab draw is 200 to around 900 or 1,000. So I just want you to think about that. That's a long parameter, right? That's a big gap there. So let's say that you're running 199. Well, you're considered vitamin B12 deficient based off of our, our normal standard medical guidelines, right? So if you're 210, does that mean you feel great? Hmm. No. So optimal, if you think about middle of the road, optimal for vitamin B12, honestly, people feel really good around 600 to 800. So that's going to be your optimal. So really and truly, that's going to be a, a big one. I will have patients be at 325, 350, and they've been told it's normal. We put them on some B12 because it's not optimal, and all of a sudden they feel much better. So that's one of the big ones. The other one would be vitamin D. Um, again, you've got a range normal from normal medical standard guidelines is greater than 30. Between 30 and, you know, 100 is their scale. But typically I find that it's best and, and patients feel good. It helps bones more of that 50 to 80 range. Um, so that's another one that we have to really look at. And I could go on and on and on with that list, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you can think about testosterone levels for males. And again, that one being, you know, less than um, 200 most of the time is considered testosterone being deficient in testosterone. But really and truly, it's more of that 600 to 800 range where males feel better. And it may even be higher than that. We have to also, this is something else to remember, has to be based on the individual. Because some people may feel really good at a testosterone level being a male being 600. Some, it may need to be higher. So it has to be based on how that person feels. So it's an individual versus just looking at a lab test. Right? So, so what I'm hearing is 
making sure we're having a clear understanding of the scale right and and how far up or down that normal may not be the best right Correct. so i think you use the word optimal so um under, having an understanding that there is a range mm-hmm. and making sure that uh, understanding where you fall in that range and that it's that it may be despite the fact that it may be normal it may be affecting how you feel correct so uh, i think that makes makes great sense to mm-hmm. to look deeper uh, and have a, a deeper depth of understanding mm-hmm. there yep what are some of the other, I guess we'll start more at an issue level. So we talked about B12, how it relates to energy. Uh, right. We talked about vitamin D. To talk a little bit more about some of the things that people with vitamin D deficiencies, what their experience might be. You know, unfortunately with vitamin D, it's one of the things that they may not know it. So I see a lot of vitamin D deficiencies and a lot of people don't know because it's not something you always feel feel bad. Now, some people do. Um, I had a, I will tell you about a patient I had one time, and this has been years ago, that came in and was on two different medications for chronic pain, um, actually was able to get her vitamin D up to optimal, and she was able to come off of those medications. Wow. Now, that's not every, every not single normal. person. That's not, not normal. normal. But it was what was happening with her, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was a big eye-opener that, okay, it can play into that. We know that vitamin D plays a big role into chronic disease, also with bone health, so very important, especially for um, – People that are getting older with osteopenia, which is thinning of the bones, or osteoporosis, which is that next step past that. So it's more of a prevention to making sure that things are optimal for the future as we age, right? So that's another one. But I wouldn't say that a lot of people feel off when their vitamin D is low. Um, but I just know that you, if you can optimize those, the body is going to work better together. Awesome. That's good, uh, good information. What other... So let's stick to stick to kind of symptoms for a brief okay. minute. What other things we talked about again, going back to energy, uh, what what other things are there out there that people may be experiencing? They just feel off, something's not quite the same. What other symptoms are there? And then we can talk more specifically about kind of going looking at it from an optimal range. Okay. Um, brain fog is probably another good one to think about. And there's a lot of nutrients again that play into brain fog. So it's not just one thing. Um, omegas are a big deal there. Uh, B12 of course can play into that as well. But a lot of times I even find that to be related to specifically to stress. So it's important that we're analyzing what are their stress levels? What does that look like? But, um, but so I would say that's another big one. Um, also, there's so many things out there, Jeff, that they may not, they may just, they cannot figure out what it is. The mm-hmm. other big one is insulin and blood sugar. It's another big one. Because think about it. If your blood sugar is going up and down, up and down all day long, you're not going to feel good. You're going to feel really good for a little bit until it drops. Mm-hmm. And then you feel really tired. And so a lot of people do not realize what their blood sugar is actually doing. So here we use a lot of continual blood glucose monitors when we have someone that, again, they say, hey, I'm not feeling great. Let's say we've already checked an A1C and it looks okay. That's another good example. So let's talk about an A1C for a minute. So an A1C is looking at the last three months of data from their blood sugar. Okay, so highs and lows. But what happens when we have someone that's running higher for half the time and lower for half of the time? What does that equal? Normal, right? Mm -hmm. 
So if you look at that A1C, even though that their levels are high and low, but because we're looking at it, it looks normal. So mm. until we have them wear that monitor, we can't see that they're going from high to low consistently throughout the day and feeling really yucky because it makes you feel really tired. And I, I don't know much about the monitors, except that I believe they give you the ability to see after each individual meal, how your body's responding. That's right. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. It gives you a continual reading. As long as most of them currently, you have to scan every eight hours and then it gives you a readout of what that looks like. So you can see, okay, I, I had lunch at 12 o'clock and then two hours later, my blood sugar has gone really high or maybe it's gone too low, um, which could mean that you over excreted too much insulin. So there's mm. a lot of information that it can give us. No, that's great. I think one of the things I've learned just, just through time is that sometimes, uh, the, the steps that we're taking are not ideal. And I'll give you a good example. So I, I've so I exercised quite a bit. Um, I enjoy uh, lifting weights, but due to time constraints, a lot of times I end up just hopping on the bike. And, and so I'll do the cardiovascular thing. And so I'd done that for a period of time, had not done much resistance training or strength training right. and stepped on the in body and quickly realized that uh, what I was doing, what I thought was I was doing to uh, keep, maintain lean mass and, and minimize body fat was actually doing the opposite. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's one of those in my own kind of practice, if you will, uh, in that instance, just learning what works best. And I think the key here, uh, if you're listening is that it is very personalized. That's right. So it's very hard. And I know, you know, when I had the gyms, it was really hard to have one person come in, uh, uh, and be able to recommend the exact same thing across the board and, and experience success. So, uh, in relation to the continuous glucose monitor, everybody's body is going to respond a little bit differently to carbs and fats and the different things that we consume on a daily basis. And so just getting a greater understanding around that and, and not always just defaulting to, oh, well, this is the approach because right. Tiffany had success with it or Jeff had success right, with it. Right. Um, so it's, so it's spending personal. that time and, and getting the data individually mm -hmm. to address those issues. And going back to that, there's so many trends. Right. I need to do this because this is what everybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. this is, there's a new trend. We all know that. Right. But it truly is going back to what works for you. You're right. That's very true. And it's also having parameters, just like you were talking about the in-body, right? You've got to have those parameters to see. Objective measures. That's it. They, that's they, it. they love me around here. And you know, show me the data, right? right? Show me that's the data. Right. But it helps. I mean, it's it does. able to see, is this working or is it not working? So it's great to have that data. Absolutely. Agreed. So what else, uh, I think gut health maybe was, was something that we haven't touched on. We just briefly talked about it. What are, what are some of those pieces? What are the, what are the symptoms look like? And then what are the things that folks can look at and consider as it relates to gut health? Um, gut health. And the thing is with our gut, it's driving everything. Mm. I mean, 70% of your immune system is housed in your gut. I mean, that's I still, I still am blown away by the statistics related to this. Yeah, so I mean, it's so just, please carry on. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a big deal. So if you are having autoimmune issues, nine times out of 10, there's something going on in the gut that is making that worse. It's not saying that if we solve the gut issues that it's going to completely go away, but it definitely will help with symptoms. Um, 
but gut health is not just what you think about, like bloating and diarrhea and, and constipation and, and not, mm-hmm. you know, IBS and all the those terms that we hear. It's not just that. If I have someone in here and all of their nutrients are off and they're deficient in everything, there is something going on in the gut. And so a lot of times they may not, they'll say, well, I'm not really having any gut issues, but when we do the testing, they are, um, mm-hmm, because that's the first sign is that there's malabsorption issues. So, and, and that's, you know, and with our food, we, we can talk about that for a long time. <laughs> future, the topic of we many can, future podcasts. That's, that's it. Like we can talk about that for a long time, but the food that we are eating does not have the nutrients in it like it used to. Right. Mm. So it's, you know, reusing soil over and over and over or even just commercial farms right that are different so it's very Long important life, that's it that's uh, preservatives it. That's it. yep yes and so our gut really and truly i mean it it is uh, worked on so but the gut helps you get rid of toxins there's all these things that our gut we have to make sure that it's healthy so we have um we use a gut health test here that is phenomenal because it actually looks at the good and the bad bacteria to see how those align. Um, it looks at your pancreatic enzymes to make sure that you're secreting those adequately and that the body is able to break down the food properly. So it looks at all of that. Um, and so a lot of times if I'm seeing, a, like I said, a lot of nutrient deficiencies, that's one of the things that I recommend is doing that, doing that test, even if they're not having the typical gut health issues. Mm-hmm. So we can work through those. So this is a bit of a random question, but I, I feel like this would be valuable to kind of throw stuff in there. But when have you seen folks that are picking a particular nutritional lifestyle, ketogenic, mm-hmm. uh, high protein, uh, low carb, just the different, some of the different uh, lifestyles that we see out there, how often or how many, and uh, this is not a baited question. We've not talked about this previously, but <laughs> How many, how often do you see folks that are really strictly adhering to that, but it's creating issues with their overall health? Oh, yeah, because, again, it's not it's personalized. right? I mean, there are some people that are doing phenomenal on carnivore diets or doing phenomenal on um, vegetarian, vegan lifestyles. They're doing great. But then I have other patients that are not Mm. because their body is not responding to that. So, no, I see it all the time that there's something that's off, but it is related to their nutrition of what they have developed habit-wise. And I, I promise y'all that was not a set-up question. <laughs> I genuinely didn't know uh, what the answer might be. I had a, a sneaking suspicion that uh, just based on experience that uh, that would be the case. But Yeah, and everybody, again, going back to we all know we've been through the low-carb phase and different different things, but more of what we focus on here, again, what does the fa- patient feel best on hmm. along with what does the data show is working, right? And so we look at all of those things. Um, but there are great there are great carbs out there. They're just not the processed carbs that we think about, right. right? So, I mean, there is nothing wrong with having a sweet potato. It is loaded with nutrients. We just have to make sure we're pairing that with a protein. Right. So one thing that we talk a lot about is, okay, are you eating um, a lot of fruit? without pairing it with a protein. If so, your blood sugar is going to go up and straight back down. So you've got to make sure you pair that with a protein to help level it out. So if a patient says, I say, what are you having for a snack? And they say, you know, I'm eating a handful of blueberries and some strawberries. But then that's it. My suggestion is always going to be pair it with a handful of nuts or pair it with a little bit of cheese, whatever that looks like for that person, because it will help keep those blood sugars more stable. And again, they're not going to have that drop to feel 
tired. There's reasons why we feel tired at certain parts of the day. And a lot of times it's blood sugar related or cortisol related, which is more of that stress hormone. So let's talk quickly about sleep. Some love it. Some don't do it very often. Um, some feel like they're wasting time doing it. Uh, that would be you, right? What Maybe. I'm not going to point any fingers. Um, what, what do you see from most patients as it, as it relates to sleep? Biggest issues, um, maybe some of the easiest suggestions around fixes uh, for if you're having issues with sleep. What do, what do you see in there? We could do an entire podcast. And we will. We will do a whole podcast on this. We're teasing all of them. But the quick answer to that is most people do do well with seven to nine hours. There are some that are going to fall a little bit more than that. There's some that's going to fall less than that. But for the most part, research shows you feel your best at a seven to nine hour mark. So what happens when I have someone that comes in and they say, I'm not sleeping. Like, I'd love to be able to sleep seven hours, but I can't. Like, I go to bed and I'm awake at two to three in Mm. the morning. Or I can't fall asleep because my brain is constantly going, right? So those are all things that we can dive into and look at. And there's multiple different reasons of why. Um, I mean, we will, I, we I will mean, absolutely deep multiple, dive in the future because you could go through everything that we talk about with lifestyle and think about nutrition and how that affects it. Um, because we know that caffeine and even eating too late, those things can play into it. Stress is another big one that can play into that. Um, alcohol intake too late can play into that. Hormone deficiencies are actually a really big one as well. So especially for women with progesterone, if they're waking up between that two and four in the morning mark, a lot of times I find that there may be a progesterone deficiency. Again, we have to do the testing to figure Mm -hmm. that out. We can't just look at them and say, yeah, that's what's going on. We need to see that that's what's happening. Um, There are even, you can exercise too late. So these late night exercise classes, like Mm. you have to be really cautious. You're really not supposed to exercise too late in the evening because it will affect those cortisol levels. That's another thing that plays into it too. Um, magnesium deficiency Hmm. is another one. So if that's on board, that can be another thing. We do a, um, there's a specific test that we do to look at hormones that also can look at melatonin levels. Nine times out of 10, I find that those melatonin levels are fine. That is not Hmm. a deficiency that I'm seeing in a lot. Very popular. Very popular. As far as a a remedy. Yes. And again, it does, it it works well for some people. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not going to say that that does not work well. But if you're taking melatonin and you come in and see me and you say, well, I take it just because I feel like I should, but I'm still not sleeping, then you don't need it. That's not Mm. the issue. There's something Something else that's going on. Right. Yep. So that's when I find that a lot of times I find that magnesium works better than melatonin for most people. But again, it depends on what's going on. Any areas we missed uh, as far as just some of the some of the different things that you hear, not feeling well, low on energy, brain fog, gut health issues. Uh, have we missed any? I think another thing that plays into not feeling well is thyroid health. And thyroid issues can be autoimmune, um, which is where your immune system is overactive. Or it can also mean that there's just something that's not working quite right in the body that's causing that thyroid to be out of balance. 
again, stress can be another one that plays into that. Um, lack of nutrients can be that too. So, so thyroid issues are not always autoimmune issues. Um, but it makes you feel really yucky. So that's where we can see weight issues and weight fluctuations, especially when the thyroid is underactive, which is hypothyroidism is the most common thing that we see. Um, I mean, that is, it, it makes you can feel really tired and just fatigued and just feel like something's off, um, just sluggish. And so that's something that we definitely check on the initial panel when people come in. That's one of the first things that we check tricky part there is again talking about primary care a lot of times they're only checking one parameter where there's multiple different parameters that can be checked to make sure the thyroid is functioning okay so here we routinely do three at the first initial visit um, but there's up to five or six that we can actually check so making sure that those are optimal so if you're told that your uh, thyroid is normal what does that mean mm. right and so again it's going back to hey, you don't feel well. This is what I get a lot of times. Hey, I don't feel well. Went to my provider. All the labs are normal. Okay, but what labs did they do? Mm. Because there's a lot of different markers that we can look at and going back to that optimal range as well. Um, but past that, I think those are the main things that we check in the beginning. But of course, you know, it's like I tell patients, there's a step-by-step -step approach. So we start here. And then if all of these come back and they look optimal, then we still need to keep looking. If something, if the patient does not feel well, there's still something that's off and we're going to work until we find that. Hmm. And again, it can be, I know I harp on this a lot, but our lifestyle really plays into it. I mean, if you are stressed to the max, I don't care what your fitness routine <laughs> is, what your nutrition is. You're still not going to feel well. It's going to be really hard to, to feel any different. That's right. That. Yep. Because guess what? Your body thinks. When that cortisol level's high, it thinks that a lion's chasing you. Hmm. So all that your body is focusing on is getting you to safety. And it can't focus on anything else. Yeah, and, and that's one that, you know, unfortunately for some of us is day after day after day of that. Uh, having that feeling, experiencing that, whether it be financial issues or relational issues right. or work issues or all the different areas that we experience that in life. And so I think that's so important that uh, – that be something that folks understand mm -hmm. is that to live in that state, mm -hmm. it, everything else can That's be right. perfect, but it's one of those that that really moves the marker. Mm -hmm. And I, the other thing to think about is patients will say, well, my stress level now is, is low in comparison to what it's been. It's low. So why do I still feel this bad? Well, because years of chronic stress, still will affect your cortisol levels. Mm -hmm. So it's realizing that, uh, or let's say that I will not name any names here, but let's say you're someone that used to love um, sugar and sweets <laughs> to way too much of a, um, too much. So, but anyways, I will, I, no names, but it affects you. I mean, it's going to affect your metabolism for years down the road. And so you're constantly trying to catch up from that. But again, when you're determined, when you have the willpower, that's what you're going to do is you're going to work forward. But you have to remember your past, your genetics, all of those choices you've made years ago, or maybe it was something that wasn't of your choice, but it still affected you. It all plays into it. Hmm. So what I'm hearing kind of takeaways for today, um, personalized, personalized, personalized. Yes. Um, so, you know, if you're, if you're out there and you're listening and you don't feel your best, um, really start with the understanding that 
your composition, your experience, your, your lifestyle, everything is different. And so whereas we can learn and we can, can benefit from all the knowledge that's available uh, to us, we can uh, benefit from our friends, our family, folks that have given us advice in the past or the things that they have used. It's really making sure that at the end of the day, you understand what's best, what's optimal for you as the individual, and then pursue your health in that way. And so starting there, I think, is key. And, of course, we're always here and available to help right. and to help support in that journey. But just having that baseline understanding that this is a very personalized thing. And if you feel off, that is not normal. That's right. That's uh, right. I, I think one of my pet peeves, and this is where uh, this will be a topic for many future podcasts. The problem on episode two is you want to talk about everything, right? <laughs> But we're just not there yet. But eventually we'll get there. We'll talk about sleep individually. We'll talk about stress and what stress really means and, and some of the ideas and, and mindsets around that and how you can be in the exact same circumstances and something not be stressful or be stressful in a positive way. Right. So we'll talk about those things in the future. But just having that keen understanding that not feeling well is a problem. Right. That's right. And I think... So many times, Tiffany, I, you know, I laugh because I hear people say, well, for your age, you're X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Right. Right. Because I feel like if, if we are living life, we're, we're learning more. Our habits should be changing in a way that supports the lifestyle that we want. Mm -hmm. And so we should be improving and not declining. And so that would be my message to share uh, in the future. And, and I'm so thankful that I've gotten... Uh, in, involved here at Tri Lifestyle Medicine and, and with Tiffany to be able to do that from a, a medical side. Right. And so uh, combining the two, I think it's going to be really awesome. But mm -hmm. excited uh, to have episode two in the books. Um, any last thoughts? I don't think so. I think the biggest thing is everything that we're going to be addressing is going to be advocating for your health. So we cannot drill that in enough that you've just got to advocate, make sure that you have a team on board that supports you. Right. Yeah. So I think Absolutely. that's the biggest thing that I would take away from every from this entire podcast. Obviously, the name fits it. Right. Yep. But, you know, hearing you and making sure that whoever your team is, is that they hear you and they understand you and they're helping you. Push forward, keep pushing forward until you feel better and get to the place that you want to be. As always, we're here to support. Uh, but make sure you are pushing, pushing forward for those answers and uh, that you're uh, working with a practitioner or a team that is, is hearing what you're saying and addressing it likewise. So yeah. thanks for listening. Excited to bring episode two for you. Uh, stay tuned for more. All right, perfect. Thank you. Thanks.